Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. And welcome back to the show. This week, we're going to talk about a game that I've actually wanted to talk about for a while, which seems to be almost every episode now that I think about it, but today we're going to talk about Star Fox 64, and I don't just mean the generic, oh, you and me, audience, we. I mean, I actually have a guest with me again. Say hi. Hi. Yeah, Anthony's back. We're going to talk about Star Fox 64, so why don't you start? Sure, it's a great game, a sequel slash remake of the original Star Fox that was on the Super Nintendo. Uh, basically, they just fleshed out all of the 3D stuff. They took the rail shooter to new heights, really. Yeah, it's a very arcadey game, and the gameplay, I'm told, holds up even today. Oh yeah, it's always a good, nice, short game to go back to, just to have fun? I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a very replayable game. Oh, for sure. Because I, I think most people who would listen to a podcast episode would already know how Star Fox 64 works. But just in case you don't or you need a reminder, you move your spaceship to from planet to planet. There are the different stages. And based on your performance in each stage, it determines which planet you move on to next, and ultimately which version of the final level you unlock. Okay, uh, one of the stages is, like, on a railroad, and while you're progressing through the stage, you can hit different switches off to the side, and if you hit all of them, you can derail the train. That's the center focus of the stage, and it'll have a different outcome than if you didn't. Even disregarding the different win conditions of each stage, they're just little secrets and shortcuts that each stage has. Again, it really invites the player to come back and try something different. It's a very smartly designed game in that sense, and that also kind of explains why it's such a short game, too, because if it were much longer, it couldn't really contain too much. I kind of feel like that's a thing in games, where the shorter the game is, the better you can keep everything tightly packed together, like Chrono Trigger's another example, Undertale. Right, right. I've not really played much Star Fox 64, I, I watched you play it for the most part, I played a little bit of the first few levels of the easy route once, and then I eventually had to give up the cartridge, but I, I was thinking of picking up the 3DS version at some point, because I saw it at the store. They're still selling it. Is that similar to the Wii U version? <laughs> Star Fox Zero is accused of trying to be Star Fox 64 again, and failing that. If you look at the it as a remake rather than a standalone, it does an amazing job of taking a world that already exists and adding even more content to it, just like the original did with the original. Yeah, but people don't like the controls. Well, you don't have to look at the gamepad at all, once. Well, I think people just also don't like gyro controls. Uh, that comes down to a matter of preference. Uh, just off the top of my head, good gyro controls, uh, the Ocarina of Time 3DS. Aiming has never felt so good. Well, this isn't the 3DS, though. This is the Wii U. Well, yeah, but 
you don't have to use the gyro controls, is what I'm trying to get at. I'm not really sure about that, but uh, I don't know. I didn't research Star Fox Zero. I think the closest thing to a Star Fox game I've played, besides what I talked about, is that I played the last level of Bayonetta 2 with the Fox costume on, which turns it into a Star Fox level. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to mention Stairfax Temperatures. I never played that. You played that. Briefly. It was not a good game. Uh, Star Fox is a series that very obviously peaked with 64, because everything after that... Every other game has its fans, but none of the games are as universally accepted as 64. They really captured lightning in a bottle with that one. Golly, really the only other games that Fox is known for are the Smash Brothers series. I think it helps that 64 might have been one of the last ones to be produced completely in-house. That does make sense. I don't know who did Assault and Command, but... Adventures was done by Rare shortly before they left for good, and Zero was done by Platinum, mm -hmm. which also kind of explains the Star Fox level in Bayonetta now. Same developer? Bayonetta is basically Platinum's mascot. I get you. I was kind of joking around with Henry in a much earlier podcast episode that the Star Fox timeline is a little more confusing than the Zelda timeline. You're the, not wrong. The, the timeline just keeps rebooting itself. It's like, okay, we've got Star Fox. Now I've got Star Fox 2. No, never mind. We've got Star Fox 64. Okay, now we've got Star Fox Adventures, Assault, Command, except some people aren't sure if Command was canon. No, wait, never mind. We've just got Star Fox Zero now. <laughs> so they've rebooted at least a couple times now. Well, hey, if it ain't broke. I kind of like the world that was established by 64 and went on through Assault. Oh, yeah? I'm not that familiar with Assault or Command. Well, I don't really know much about Command, but Assault is probably one of the darkest games in the series. It's about an entire alien invasion that just assimilates everything, and it kind of expands the world past 64 and Adventures and destructs it in some ways. Hmm. Hmm. Boy, I sure feel qualified to talk about these ser this series. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to just talk about 64. Okay, uh, Star Fox 64. Uh, you are Star Fox, leader of Star Fox. <laughs> You're Fox McCloud. Basically space mercenaries. And, uh, the Cornarian General Pepper... Uh, enlists you to help fight Andros, who's just totally wrecked all of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he broke my stuff, Star Fox! He's terrorizing the I'm on it! <laughs> He's terrorizing the solar system, and because Fox McCloud has a personal bone to pick with Andros, it just motivates him even further. Yeah, that about covers it. The Lilat Wars are happening, which I think is the name of the game in at least one region. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So, you're Fox, you've got your three wingmates, you've got Falco, who also appears in Smash Brothers, you've got Slippy, you've got Peppy. Slippy's always getting into trouble. Uh, Peppy tells you how to maneuver your ship. Yeah, 
Peppy was friends with your dad, who was killed by Andros, so... He was friends with my dad? Oh, Fox's dad. You're joking. How cool would it be if dad was actually friends with the voice of Peppy? <laughs> Anthony, I would have... I think I would have told you at some point if, if I knew. That would be super dope. Well, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> No, Peppy was friends with Fox's dad. Anthony, you're not Fox. James McLeod. Okay, got it. Fox is dead. Yes! It was basically just Fox, but with sunglasses. Cool Fox. Sunglasses in space. I don't know how that worked. Well, you've heard the song, I Wear My Sunglasses at Night. Oh, boy. He's... So each yeah. of your wingmates, they all have their own personalities, and... You, you want to keep them alive for higher scores, and just so all the enemies will focus on someone besides you. And, uh, it took me a while to notice during the, during the fights, like, with a end-of-stage mini-boss type of deal, uh, Falco is the supporting fire, Slippy brings up the health bar, like, if Slippy gets shut down during the stage up to the fight, then you just don't have a health bar. You don't have a reference of how much health the boss has left. And Peppy tells you where to shoot. Yeah, they all have their own role to play, even though otherwise they don't really do much fighting. You said Falco's support fire. You're, you're still doing 98% of the shooting. Oh yeah, Falco's good for nothing. Just being a mouth. Yeah. Hey, Einstein, I'm on your side. Talk about a merc with a mouth. Yeah. Ha ha ha. So they have something for every character to do. Even Rob64, the robot, he pilots the mothership and he gives you supplies occasionally based on what you need. And if you're an ace pilot like me, you'll just miss every shot and fly right past it. <laughs> he, like, airdrops supplies halfway through stages sometimes. Yeah. Now, the game has three difficulties, but only two endings, and for the longest time, we only really knew about the easy path, and occasionally dipped into the harder path. We didn't really know what the what the hardest path looked like, though, until I eventually got you to play it, I think, and I told you what to do in Corneria to get to the hard path, and then from there, I think I just kind of guided you through all the wind conditions of the hard path. There were a lot of retries, especially on the aforementioned railroad planet. Oh yeah, Macbeth. That one was awful. The wind condition for that one is one of the hardest. Well, there's two. Okay, so the game has Mission Complete and Mission Accomplished. Mission Accomplished is the better one. You get that for blowing up the train. Mission Complete is if you fail to hit all the switches, you just have to fight the boss normally. And if you take too long, the boss actually kills you. Well, that's usually the case that I've found in boss fights. I mean, he will automatically kill you. How? Did I never do that badly? I, I guess not. This has been another Pro, Pro Gamer, Gamer Moment! But the hard path, it doesn't mess around. Oh, no. It's hard. What can I say? I mean, I think the first hard path level is Sector Y, where you've got all those Gundam guys flying around. 
including the boss, and all range mode bosses suck. It's too hard to turn, you have little to no control while you're turning. You can still fire, which is cool, but you have less agency over the R-Wing than I would like, which I think Star Fox Zero greatly improves upon. Have you actually played Star Fox Zero? Because you keep defending it. I am just a fan. No, I haven't played it. I watched a Let's Play. Deal with it. Let's see. I guess we'll talk about all the plans eventually, but we'll start with... Okay, let's just start with Corneria. Corneria, best stage in Smash. That was always your favorite stage in Smash Brothers. I don't really remember much about Corneria. I just remember Falco going, this is horrible, and thinking about that whenever I'm medium level disgust. Hey, Alex, we forgot your ketchup. This is... <laughs> I go without ketchup sometimes. <laughs> I like how your knee-jerk reaction wasn't to deny it. <laughs> you, you got me. I was too busy quoting Falco. This game is the most quotable game there is. Oh, boy. 95% of this script is a meme. It On Tumblr, there's this joke that... Uh, or there used to be back before it was bought by Yahoo and made terrible. But anyway, there is this big community joke how Supernatural has a GIF for everything. Every conceivable situation. Did you just say GIF? Yes, that's how I pronounced come at me. You're off the show. Anyway, <laughs> golly, you can just about find a line from this game for any situation. And yeah. it won't necessarily be a non sequitur. Yeah, I think there's a Brawl in the Family comic that does that with some of Peppy's dialogue. Mm. Corneria, just a pretty basic stage, and it introduces all kinds of things like Slippy getting into trouble, what each of the wingmates does. It introduces all range mode if you stay on the easy path. Slippy, more like sloppy. <laughs> and you can go right to the hard path from Corneria, but the the way to do it is a little tricky. It's pretty arbitrary. Like, yeah, and I think that just kind of sets the tone for the game as a whole. Like you can already get to the hard stuff, but you have to you have to earn it. You can get to the hard path in later stages, but this is the earliest opportunity and it is not easy. It gets you the most points and babes. Babes? <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend loves my high score on Star Fox 64. What do you know? You don't play Star Fox. That's why you're not a pro gamer like me. Okay, the the Chad Star Fox player over here. <laughs> so say you go from Corneria to the easy route. You go to Medio, the asteroid field. Pretty on the nose, that name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Medio is one of the few stages where I remember the background music. It's Medio and Area 6, that's about it. Uh, Medio is where you use a boost to get through, and then use the brakes. Yeah, they teach you more of the mechanics in that stage. It makes sense how they put the tutorial on the easy route. Yeah, I, th I think they still sometimes give you a, a few pointers on the harder routes, but Medio is definitely designed to be a step up from Corneria. Mm -hmm. After Medio, we go to 
Well, it was originally localized as Fortuna, but it's supposed to be Fishina, and the 3DS version and later games actually correct this. You go to Fishina, which is just a big battlefield, and you're just going along shooting down enemy ships, and then suddenly, can't let you do that, Star Fox! Yeah, this is when Star Wolf makes an appearance. His inaugural appearance, no? Uh, Star Wolf actually appeared in Star Fox 2, not that anyone played it yet. At the Wait, time. I thought it was never released. Well, it, aside from, like, ROMs and stuff, but then the Super Nintendo Mini actually included Star Fox 2. Neat. It is the final Super Nintendo game to be officially released. <laughs> First party, too. Yeah. So you fight Star Wolf, and it's a team of four, piter four pilot fighters, just like your guys, and they each kind of pair off and fight each other. Alright, there's... Let's see if I can do this. There's Wolf, there's Pigma Dengar, there's Andrew and Leon. Yep, that's all of them. Hey! Not in, not in quite the order, but they all have their own bone to pick with... Well, actually, I don't really know. Wolf doesn't like Fox, and Pigma wants to mess with Peppy because he betrayed Peppy in the past. Leon and Falco, they're, they're just kind of the number two guys on each side, I guess. And Andrew and Slippy, they're both just kind of the, the, the wimps of each team. Well, uh, James McLeod's team was made up of Pigma, Peppy, and... James. James. Wait, no, because there's gotta be three. It was Peppy. Yeah, you said Peppy. Did I say Peppy's team? No, you said you said James's team was full of Pigma, Peppy, and, uh, James. Pigma, Peppy. You forgot James on his own team. No, I'm... because he's a given. It, it was just the three of them. It was just the three of them? Yes. Okay, I thought I was smart for remembering Peppy, but whatever. I also said earlier, Peppy was friends with your dad. That kind of implies... Right, right. So, yeah, you have to fight Star Wolf, and there's a time limit to fight them, because a bomb has been planted in the base. Oh, yeah, that's why you're there in the first place. Something like that. First-time players more often than not fail to eliminate all of Star Wolf in time. So the bomb goes off, and we just kind of quietly, awkwardly move on to Sector X. Yeah, no one says a word. They just kind of ignore the genocide that just took place. It's like, uh, maybe if we, uh, maybe if we don't say anything. You know, let's just blame it on Star Wolf. Wow. You go to Sector X, which is, uh, which is some kind of X-shaped galaxy or something, and you're floating through a ruined space station... And it's a little creepy, honestly, because everything's destroyed without your help. W what happened here? This is horrible. <laughs> it's one of the few stages where you can see the boss before you actually know they're the boss. There's one point where you can go through a junction and a secret path that can lead you to Sector Z on the hard route but a giant robot hand kind of floats by as debris to kind of distract you from it and make you go through the rest of Sector X. And then later you find out that giant robot hand was actually the boss. It's a robot that went crazy and destroyed its creator and the base. Dang. Hey, uh, can't you lose Slippy? Yeah, 
more often than not, you're going to lose Slippy at the end of the boss fight here. If you're really quick, you can avoid it and go to Macbeth. But more often than not, Slippy gets knocked all the way to Titania. And that becomes your next stage. You abandon the entire war effort because I can't leave Slippy hanging. Well, add to that, Titania is basically a sun. No, no, that's that's Solar. Oh. Oh, yeah, Titania is the... Well, I mean, shoot, they're just both rescue Slippy missions, you know? No, you don't rescue Slippy on Solar. In the sun planet? Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Now, Titania is where you get into Landmaster, you rescue Slippy from a giant skeleton monster. That's right. It's like a desert, kind of a Marsy planet. Yeah, it's very Marsy. I mean, hey, yeah. Yeah, so just take time out of this war to rescue Slippy for some reason. Well, I mean, uh, Star Fox has gone with three pilots before and it clearly didn't work out. Yeah, I guess so. And then, after you rescue Slippy, you go to Bulse, which is this defense satellite around Venom, the final planet, and Bulse is the home of the Bolson uh, Construction Company. Okay. From Breath of the Wild. I, I, I didn't know who they were. I didn't get that far in Breath of the Wild. Well, okay, th- there's no, okay, there's no getting far in Breath of the Wild. There's getting in-depth and thorough with Breath of the Wild. I didn't. I guess I just never met them. You don't know about Terrytown? No, I don't. Oh, no. I, I added every province of Hyrule to that map, I just, and I never ran into them. They're right there in, uh, what is it? You don't even know the name. It's the town. It's been a while since the town. Uh, it's far to the east. It's got. And you're expecting me to remember them. It's where you can change your the clothes of your color. It's where you meet Pura. Hateno Village. That's it. Oh, that village. Yeah. I I, I never Hate, ran. No. I never ran into any construction video. The construction work is there. Link just pulls up YouTube. I don't know why I said videos. But yeah, they can fix up your house. It's worth looking into. What house? A whole other side quest right there. So so you're telling me Fox is going to go to Venom and build a house there? With the help of the Bolson Construction Company, yes. He's just going to become Andros's annoying neighbor, and that's how he wins the war? The original joke was funny, I promise. <laughs> so anyway, Bolse... Bulse. You're trying to deactivate the satellite, but whatever Star Wolf members you didn't kill on Fashina come back for round two, and it's literally just whatever ones. Like, if I... if Leon is the only one you left alive, it'll only be Leon on this map. How do you spell Bulse? B-O-L-S-E. I don't remember that name. I feel like it was named something else. No, it's Bulse. I trust you, but I really want to look it up. But I won't. Because I trust you. That's the power of trust. And brotherhood. So after Bulse, you go to Easy Venom, which... It's actually arguable which version of Venom is easier. You have to go through an entire swarm of bullets and enemy fire and stuff like that. And then you have to fight a runaway golem in a very small tunnel for some reason. You were so close to Venom. 
I don't I don't know what that golem boss is for exactly. And he's running away from you the whole time. So basically you're just murdering this probably one of a kind creature. I th I think it was already modified by Andros. Then why is it running away? Why can't it come at me? I, I, I don't Fight know. Find me like a real rock monster. I think it's golem. trying to lead you into the traps that it sets up over the course of the fight. And uh, that hallway where you fight it is actually limited. At some point, you will crash into the wall at the end and die. What? Yeah. How long do you have to fight for that to happen? Pretty long, I guess. They do give you a one-up at the end, at least. Right before you burn it. Couldn't they have just pulled a Mario 64 and looped it indefinitely? Well, I guess they didn't think it was challenging enough that way. After you beat the golem, you fight Andross. And it turns out he's secretly just a robot, and you go home, you win. But it's not really victory, because you know Andross is still out there. He, like, fades in at half opacity over the the end screen, and laughs menacingly. To scare any little players who, could, who couldn't do the hard mode. Yep. Or just kids that don't expect it. They're happy because they won, and then suddenly there's a scary monkey on screen. <laughs> yeah. So, the medium-level planets. I don't know if you can go from Medio to Katina, but I know if you fail the objective for Sector Y, you can go to Katina, and that's the level that everyone refers to as the Independence Day level. I must not have ever gone there. You might have done there at least once, but you're, you're helping a swarm of Cornerian fighters... There's a guy named Bill there. Fox, that was one of ours! Deploy the husky unit! And there's a giant floating saucer, and that's the boss of the stage. And you have to stop it from blowing up a pyramid, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you have to do perfectly for the stage, but Bill will kind of pop into other levels and help out if if you do good enough, I think. He'll show up if you have to go to Sector X for some reason. And he'll also show up in Solar, the sun level that we were talking about earlier. You can also reach sun level by meeting the win condition for Fashina, beating all of Star Wolf in time. Solar is an interesting level because you're flying over a sun. Yeah. And you are constantly taking damage if you get low to the screen. Uh, you take damage anyway, it's just quicker if you're lower. Yeah. It's worth noting that the heat can't outright kill you, but there's so much stuff happening on the screen that you'd be forgiven for thinking it does. The heat definitely weakens you. Well, you're in the medium route, flying over a sun of a well-made rail shooter, so of course there's going to be everything on screen. It's like a 3D bullet hell. And the boss of this level is a bioweapon that Andros made. And Falco says, Andros, this is an insane fool! Whoa, Falco, why are you so offended by this? Taking that poor lava and animating it. It kind of looks like a Pokemon. Yeah, a little bit. Not much else to say about Solar. Other than, again... Oh, that's hot. <laughs> that's real hot. You know, Bill is very loosely named after Will Smith. Bill, are you really serious? Well, the Independence Day level and... Right, I get you. So after Solar, which only has one 
win condition, so you're pretty much guaranteed to go to Macbeth. Macbeth, the train level, we talked about that earlier. It's a fan favorite level. Seriously? Yeah. I, I hate the Landmaster. Well, of the two Landmaster stages in the game, this is the one that people like the most. Mainly because of the boss fight. People like that the boss just kind of taunts you all throughout the level, and then you can turn the tables on him by hitting all those switches. And the just the satisfaction of watching him uncontrollably run his train into the bomb depot. Andros, my emperor, I failed you. I know that's not from that stage, but yeah. just thinking of him dragging out that last syllable as he slowly failed you. <laughs> and if you come here from Zonas. Cat from that stage will show up and she'll help you out with some of the switches. And Macbeth is the last planet of the medium path. From there, you go to Bulse or you go to Area 6. So, onto the hard mode planets. Uh, the first one is Sector Y, which we talked about before. It's got all those Gundam guys. Yeah. And the win condition for this one isn't just to win, you have to get enough enemy kills. You have to get, like, a hundred, I think. Otherwise, you're going back to Katina and helping Bill again. I remember that. Beating the the Gundam guys in Sector Y. Then you go to Aquas, an underwater planet. And it's the only time in the game where you control the Blue Marine. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, the planet is very dark, so you have to fire your infinite bombs to have torpedoes that light things up. You don't really have much to say about Aquas, do you? No, nope. my expertise is really just on the easy mode. Even though you played through all of the hard mode? I did, just to prove to myself I could, but I didn't make a habit of it. Hmm. Aquas is one of the more forgettable planets, though. Zonez, which is a planet where the ocean has been horribly polluted, and none of the characters like that. The sewage planet? None of the farm animals like it. Crazy. Peppy took his wife there on a honeymoon once, and it was a lot prettier than it is now. And I think, I don't know if it's implied or if that's just like a fan theory, but Falco might have come from this planet, and he's really angry the whole time. Falco's really angry all the time. I know, but he, he's less snippy and more just, this is horrible. <laughs> It's also a stage where the boss is a giant submarine, and you can see the periscope looking at you throughout the level. Again, I think that's a neat detail when you can see the boss ahead of time. Right. And the boss is actually very smartly designed. First of all, you can only use bombs on it, but they give you a way to re resupply bombs easily. That's good. And you have to destroy the different parts of the submarine in order to actually make any progress in the fight. Mm-hmm. If you shoot off any of its cannon sides, it'll just submerge and bring them back up. So you have to destroy the exhaust pipes to keep it from going underwater. Then if you destroy any of its cannon arms, it'll unlock a crane to pick them back up. So you have to destroy the crane now. Hold A to win. Uh, I don't know if that's the bomb button or not. No, that's B. For bomb. Bombs? You want it? It's yours, my friend. As long as you have enough. Rupees. No, my emperor, I failed you. What if every boss said that at the end? 
That would definitely be more of a meme than it is now. Accountant screws up on Andros's taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I failed you. And then once you just that was clearly a joke. I mean, Andros doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> then once you destroy the crane, then you can destroy the cannon arms, and then you can actually do damage to the boss. It's a hassle for sure. Hard mode. Giving your enemy a butt ton of health isn't hard. It's just waiting. Well, they didn't give him a ton of health. They made it so you can't actually deplete the health until you destroy the necessary parts of the ship. Yeah, but those parts of the ship have a butt ton of health. Uh, Technically, yeah. But it's supposed to test you on prioritizing different parts of the enemy to fight. It's a strategy fight. Always learning more from this game. So the win condition for Zoness is you have to destroy all the searchlights, and if you skip one, then you're going to Macbeth, because Zoness is supposed to be a stealth operation. You're sneaking in to Zoness to mess with the submarine, I guess. Right. That kind of rhymed. So you clear the win condition for Zoness, and you move on to Sector Z, which was the Star Fox stage in the original Smash Brothers. Of all the ones they could have used, they picked Sector Z, one of the most hard-to-reach stages of them all. It's so close to Venom. Uh, Sector Z, the Great Fox, parks and needs to be babysat, while a bunch of enemies come in to attack it, including six Copperhead missiles. Oh, that stage. I hated that one. And if you went here from Zonas, Cat will show up and help you with some of them. Yeah, but who who needs help from Cat? I mean, she's just a woman. She can't be a space pirate. Are you trying to say pirate or pilot? In the middle of your rampant sexism, that is. <laughs> He's just giggling now. Yes. I'm not actually sexist. It was clearly a joke. Women can do everything men can do. She is poorly written, though. Her personality in the game is basically just, I'm the girl character. It's very flat. I mean, that's the same character from Temperatures, right? No, no Crystal that's is Crystal. the character. Okay. Cat is a cat, and she has a history with Falco. Because he's a ladies' man. A ladies' man. A la 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 ladies' man. Okay. So you get through Sector Z after discussing the finer points of gender equality, and then you move on to the sixth part of the hard route, Area 6. Oh, it makes much more sense now. <laughs> it it, it kind of sounds like they ran out of ideas for names. Nintendo, out of ideas? No way. Insert the entire Mario series. Oh, that's a low blow. Then again, this is the game that's just named after the series and the console. Right. In a shocking twist of events, in the new Mario game, Bowser kidnaps Peach. In Area 6, you're going through the armada that's parked outside Venom's front door, and the enemies get progressively more and more terrified of you as you don't die, and there's just so many enemies going through... Even to the point where the Great Fox starts getting in on the action, shooting some of the enemies to cover you. It's not hard to hit them, there's just a lot of them. 
It's essentially the last stand for all the normal enemies, though, and it's a fan-favorite level because of that, and the music. Doesn't the hard mode have, like, two levels of Venom? No, no. This is the last level before Venom in the hard mode. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different... And the boss of Area 6... Oh, we didn't even talk about the win and lose condition of Sector Z, where if a single one of those copperheads hits the Great Fox, you're going all the way to Bulse. Ooh. But Area 6, it's just straightforward shot to Venom. You just have to get through all the monsters, including a spaceship that was designed to destroy entire planets. That's the boss of Area 6. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You go up against the actual Death Star. That's no moon. So after you beat Area 6, you go to Venom, and you get into a fight with Star Wolf again. Right outside Venom's butthole. And you never actually encountered Star Wolf on this route. So it doesn't really make sense why they're all cyborged up. It's supposed to have modifications to imply that they had to get op surgery after you beat them before. I think it is actually possible to get onto the hard route Venom from a path that includes Fishina, but that's the only way you're going to fight Star Wolf twice, and it's kind of an... Okay, yeah, let me think. Yeah, let's say, let's say you beat Fishina, you beat Solar, then you do the win condition for Macbeth, You'll go to Area 6, and then from there you go to Venom, so I think it is theoretically possible. Man, you really gotta make a roadmap with this game, don't you? Yeah, if you wanna play certain planets. You beat Star Wolf, and then you go right to Andross, and then after you beat Andross, he... Turns into Super Andross! Kind of, he... He gets destroyed, and all that's left is a brain and eyeballs, which would be gross and traumatizing, if not for the fact that Andros immediately makes a pun. What is it? Beauty's only skin deep? It's like, only I have the brains to rule Lilat. Oh. Uh, that just immediately, like, oh, Andros, you're think, that guy now. I think my joke was better. Anyway. I, I don't know, Andros never struck me as the vain type. <laughs> So you shoot him in the face, like a million times. All range mode against Andros, which you don't get in the easy or medium modes. Yeah. And this fight, I saw you. It was very difficult. It took me a good, like, hour and a half or so, didn't it? I, I don't really remember. Just kidding, it only takes me ten minutes because I'm a pro gamer. Even though the fight with Star Wolf should not take you ten minutes. That one was hard! <laughs> <laughs> you beat Andros, and then it looks like the whole base is going to explode with you in it. But then, no one's really sure how this happens, but your dad's there. And he'll lead you out the escape tunnel, and then he mysteriously disappears. A lot of people think that Fox is just kind of imagining him. Uh, one time, when I did this route, James came and I just, like, immediately died. Yeah, because you weren't and, expecting it. And you can just, like, see James keep going. <laughs> okay, bye, Fox. Later. See if I help you again. Kind of need to think about how incredibly massive all of these worlds are when you take into consideration that Fox is just piloting this Arwing, which is itself tiny compared to everything around it. Yeah. I do like that 
in the Star Wolf fight, Pigma introduces himself by saying, Too bad Dad's not here to see you fail! And then during one of the escape attempts, you actually crashed into a wall behind him, and I said, Hey, look, Dad saw you fail! Sweet! <laughs> Take that, Pigma! I've been craving this kind of disappointment. <laughs> it is a neat moment, though, that this entire game, it, your dad has been hyped up, and now, in the last moment, you can actually encounter him in some regard. And his sweet shades. Yeah. You know, that's why he wears shades. Andros stole his eyes. Ugh. Fan theory. Work <laughs> on th How about that one, Matt Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Now go give Star Fox to the Pope. <laughs> oh my goodness. So There's more context to that, but the whole Undertale thing. I can tell you the Pope didn't really appreciate it. Well, the Pope is never going to play it. It's more about what it symbolizes. All I'm saying is that it was a bad gift. It, it was paved with good intentions, implying that that is in fact the road to hell, giving the Pope Undertale. A steam key for Undertale. Oh, I, I didn't say Matt Pat was going to hell. You're just well. I mean, I'm just saying he had. It came from a good place. It was just poorly received. This is horrible. That's what the Pope said when he got the steam key. <laughs> just imagine it like half scrawled on a piece of toilet paper. It's got Undertale colon, but it's, <laughs> it's like spelled wrong. Okay, so. uh... You beat Venom, you beat Andros, you win the Lilat War, you go home. You get paid. You run forever. Yeah, you run during the credits. It's kind of funny that the invoice you send General Pepper is based off how many enemies you kill. And sometimes the bosses are worth more than one enemy. And sometimes you get points for shooting things like rocks and stuff. So it's you almost get the idea that Star Fox are just kind of bluffing a little bit and inflating their kill count just to get more money. I wouldn't put it past Falco to cook the books a little. <laughs> and uh, that's the Star Fox 64 experience. I don't remember if they had a multiplayer mode or not. They did, but it was awful. Okay. You were on foot, and you just shoot at each other. And it's on that awful Nintendo 64 four-way split screen oh that i do know that there there's a training sequence it's one of the only times in the game where the dialogue isn't fully voiced which is really impressive at the time how much the game was voiced but then in the 3ds version they gave the flight instructor a voice and apparently he sounds really smooth all the time as he tells you how to fly your r-wing they got markiplier I, I I don't I don't know what he sounds like. Oh no, they got the guy from WarioWare Smooth Moves, <laughs> the one that describes the forms. The R-wing position. Extend both arms out to each side, as if you're about to give Aunt Norma a hug. Press Z or R twice to do a barrel roll. Press F to pay respects. Okay. That that kind of died. What else is there to say about Star Fox 64 before it devolves into just remembering every quote possible? Uh, it's super fun. You should go play it. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have... Forget you, audience. I'm talking to you. <laughs> but, uh, while I was, I was thinking about it, I get paid in a few days. Maybe I'll pick up the 3DS version. Absolutely worth it. And if you use code THEBITCAST at checkout, <laughs> you can save 15% or more on... 
car insurance. Thank you. I forgot what it was that you could save on, but just throw up a coupon code, but no website. <laughs> just, just for reference, he's joking. I don't have any sponsorship or anything. I wish I did, but wink, wink. I'm too much of a small fry for that. Do you have any favorite music from this game that you might remember? I like Corneria and Medio mostly because they're the only ones I can remember. <laughs> I like the boss theme. There's two boss themes, but one gets used a little more than the other. And then there's the one with the golem. No, that that one plays in the golem. Oh. I like that one. Yeah, that's that's boss theme B. I think it gets used a little more often. And oddly enough, it still hasn't been in Smash Brothers yet. I think we need to focus on giving Final Fantasy more music before we give anyone else more music. I guess so. Another favorite theme is the perennial Star Wolf theme. Ugh. Like you just perennial, twice a year. That's not what it means. What is it? It it just means perpetual. Oh. In every game with Star Wolf in it, this theme accompanies them. You can just hear those opening notes and just hear, Can't let you do that, Star Fox! Or if you're you're more hardcore from the Venom route, Don't get too cocky, Star Fox! You were so close to Venom! That's not... That's not... Okay. It's, it's in something, I just don't remember. At the it. end of Area 6, when the boss shows up, Falco says, Crud! We were so close to Venom! That's what it is. And I was like, don't get too cocky, Star Fox. Let's see how you handle our new ships. Too bad Dad's not here to see you fail! We'll make sure you never reach Andros. Was that last one, Andrew? Yes. I knew it. Yeah, I... I they all sound very distinct from each other. I, I wasn't trying to hide it. <laughs> just, just don't give me an excuse to start quoting the game. We're just going to be here all day if we do that. Basically, yeah. Any last notes about Star Fox 64? Uh, it's called an aileron roll. That's true. It's not actually a barrel roll. I think I heard a little bit about the development of that. They just... They thought it would reference Donkey Kong because they... In Japan, the move is just a roll. Well, the move in the game, not the actual maneuver. Right. They they were going to reference Donkey Kong at like Miyamoto's suggestion or something. I don't know. Get your flying facts straight, Nintendo, for too much long words. Where did you learn to fly? Not flight school. More like truck driving school, am I right? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> obscure Paper Mario dialogue. They just get it get good at one form of the R-Wing and the skills just translate perfectly. That's how Slippy, like, he was in the Dolphin one. What? Yes. Anyway, I'm kind of tired and not really making any sense anymore. Oh, you're making it sound like I'm keeping you here. This episode was technically your idea. You just said, hey, can we record? Yeah. Well, okay. I was in the mood to watch waveforms appear before us. That's that's the only reason he does this, so we can stare at the Audacity screen while we're talking. The Audacity! So this has been the BitCast. If you like the show, then follow it on Twitter and follow the show on Podcast One's website and app. You can also find the show on 
I, I don't know, Apple Music, Apple Podcast, whatever they're doing these days. Are you on Spotify? I don't know. They never told me. Might want to tap into that market there, brother. Maybe. I, I hear Spotify is kind of the new hotness. At least at the time of this recording. Well, with that, we'll see you on the next one. Barrel roll! Good luck! Listen to BitCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.